Welcome to New Mansion Church. What you're about to hear is a message from our pastor, Dr. Jeff Mars Sr. To learn more about the church, visit newmansion.org. God bless and enjoy the message. We are here because we recognize the importance of this day, the special feeling that we have, and, and certainly understanding that this is a very special day. It is a special time of year. And no more special day than Easter to celebrate a risen Savior. And so may the Lord bless you as we come together and worship Him this morning. Uh, And we're going to have some fun afterwards. I'm sure the kids are all looking forward to that, as we all are. Uh, I think that's one of the joyous things about Easter, certainly from my childhood, is remembering uh, not just the events of, of church and things like that. Now, uh, when I was a kid, I didn't go to church a lot. Um, my brother and sister, Dan and Debbie, they went to church, and I usually found a reason to stay home. Uh, the reason was I was I didn't real, feel real comfortable at church a lot of times. And uh, so God has a sense of humor, I think, that he sticks me up here now after all that. But... <laughs> Anyway, um, I am sensitive to that because certainly I want you all to feel comfortable as well. And uh, so we're going to do whatever we can, uh, myself and, and certainly everyone involved in this church, to make sure that you do feel comfortable and that you do feel like you fit in. Because that's very important to feel like you have a, a place within the body of Christ, because we all do. Every single one of us has a place within the body of Christ. So, uh, welcome. And uh, I certainly hope this day is a good day for all of you. We're going to be looking at the book of John, chapter 11. John, chapter 11 this morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. We've been asking the question and and considering this question of who is Jesus? And we have looked at this theme for the the past few weeks, talking about who is this this one named Jesus? Who is this man named Jesus, who is not just a man, but is God in human flesh? Well, we've talked about Christ the Good Shepherd. Last week, we talked about Christ the Suffering Savior, and we we discussed that event, the, the big question, why did Jesus have to die upon the cross? And and last week, we understood that the Bible tells us plainly that, that it wasn't an accident that Christ willingly went to that cross and suffered and died and then resurrected for you and for me. Now, this morning, we want to talk about Christ the victorious King as we look at John chapter 11. Because certainly this is a day when we celebrate the victory of the resurrection. And that's what we want to talk about this morning for a few minutes. Why the importance of the resurrection? What is so special about Easter Sunday, this day that we celebrate a risen Savior? Why is it so important that Jesus rose up out of that grave? You know, there have been a lot of skeptics over the years that would doubt the fact that Christ revived, that he resurrected. They have many different theories. There have always been conspiracy theories throughout history of the reasons what happened, 
the events surrounding the death of Christ and his burial within the tomb and the empty tomb three days later. And of course, there were there are the more popular theories that Jesus just swooned upon the cross. He didn't really die. But after he was severely beaten and hung on a cross for many hours and pierced through his side with a spear that he revived once he was in the tomb, got up and rolled away an 1,800-pound stone all by himself and then walked away from there. That was a little tough to, to believe, to swallow, but yet a lot of people still hold to that strange theory. Another one is that the disciples stole the body of Jesus, that they came to the tomb, they fought off these 16 Roman soldiers themselves. Peter, we know, couldn't even handle a sword, let alone face 16 Roman soldiers by himself, but that they fought off the Roman soldiers, rolled this stone away, carried the body of Christ away, and then each of them paid personally with their lives in order to perpetuate that lie. Well, that's a little hard to swallow, too, because it's hard enough to, to live the truth a lot of times, but to live a lie and to give your life for it? No, that's, that's too much to ask. There's a lot of skeptics, and there's skepticism, and there always will be surrounding Christ, uh, the resurrection of Christ. Can anyone actually die and come back to life again? You and I know personally that the events of the natural life that we see in natural death that does not happen. But it happened for Christ. You see, the evidence is there for us. And because he resurrected from that grave, you and I have a hope this morning. And so that's what we'll be looking at, the hope that we have in Christ, our victorious King. John 11, verse 25, two verses I'm going to read to you this morning, John 25 and 26. It simply says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And Jesus ends that verse with this question, do you believe this? Christ the victorious King. Bow with me for a word of prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, to celebrate in this day the glorious victory that you won over death, over hell and over the grave, that Christ conquered all, and because he is in all and through all, that you have promised that we too can be victorious, that we too can find purpose and meaning in our lives, and that we too can experience this great salvation and the promise of everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for your sacrifice. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we celebrate you and worship you this day. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. There was a, a very special man in a lot of regards, that lived many, many years ago. You probably recognize the name, Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini was a man that, that is almost a name that everyone knows even today, and yet he died 88 years ago, 
It was in October of 1926 that Harry Houdini faced death. Now, the remarkable thing about this man, Harry Houdini, it was said that he could escape from anything. And, and that's the one reason why he is remembered even today. There was no one like Houdini. He, they would lock him up in barrels. They would sew him into canvas claws and toss him in the river, and yet he would escape. They would shackle him and hang him upside down, and somehow, in some, in some way, still unknown to this day, Somehow, Houdini would escape from the shackles, from everything that he was placed in. True, he had had several occasions where he had come close to death, but he had evaded death every time he had escaped. But you see, there was one thing that happened. At an early age, Houdini succumbed to some of the events that were surrounding him and some of his... Uh, his tactics on stage. Because of a condition that he had, peritonitis, he was dying in the hospital at an early age. His wife by his bedside. And here, this young man turned to his wife and he confidently told her, he said, if there's any way out of death, I will escape. And he instructed her, he said, and I want you to, to burn a candle before my picture. And I want you to try and communicate with me. And he says, especially on the anniversary of my death. Because he says, if there's any way out of death, I will come to you at that time. And I will reveal myself to you. I will escape from this as well. And so Harry Houdini's wife would burn a candle before his portrait. For ten years, she would try desperately through seances and through communication with the dead and all sorts of things like this to reach out to him across that realm, that dark realm of death, to that place beyond wherever that you and I can only imagine, we can only read about, we can only wonder. For ten years she would try to do that. After ten years, on the tenth anniversary of his death, she blew the candle out. Her time was over. Her searching was over. There was no communication. Houdini had escaped from every shackle. He had escaped from every fetter and everything that had hindered him here in this life. But the one thing that he could not escape from was death itself. You see, that's the one thing that you and I understand, that death is final, that, that when the eyes close in death for the last time, there's a finality to it in this life. But the Bible tells us that something happens to us after we die. That there is an eternity past death. And that you and I will spend our eternity in one of two places. It will either be heaven or it will be hell. We will either be with Christ or we will be absent from Him. And you and I were sentenced before the resurrection of Christ. There was no hope. There was no help. But because of the resurrection, because Christ conquered death, because He escaped from the shackles of death, because after three days, Jesus opened His eyes and revived from death and raised up. And the Bible tells us that the stone rolled away. There was a great earthquake. The stone rolling away. And these Roman soldiers, these 
brave, valiant men fell down as dead men in their fright, in their terror, in their fear. They could as well handle anything in this earth, on this world, but other worldly things were far beyond them as they are for us. And you see, Christ didn't need that stone rolled away to escape from that tomb. He could have walked through walls. He could have done any of those things, and perhaps he did. But that tomb was open for his disciples to look in and see that he was no longer there. He was risen from the dead. And because of the resurrection, the Bible says that you and I have a hope. And that's what we want to to discuss briefly this morning. What about the resurrection? Because of the resurrection, we have certain promises. And the first promise that we see, the Bible says, is that we have the promise of eternal life. That there is a life beyond this life for you and me. That when our eyes close in death, they will open for those who are resurrected in Christ There is a promise that as our eyes close in death in this life, they open in the next. Will that life be heaven for you? Do you have that hope? Do you have that promise? You see, if Jesus never rose from the grave, He never conquered death. And if He didn't conquer death, then what what hope do you and I have? We need hope in our lives. And our hope is found in Christ. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. And so we have a hope in Christ because Christ died because He resurrected from the grave. You and I have the promise of eternal life. That just as He is eternal and lives forever, that you and I also have that promise available to us. The Bible also says this, because of the resurrection of Christ, we have the promise of the Holy Spirit being sent to us. The Bible telling us that the Holy Spirit is the one who comes alongside the believer. He is called the Comforter. He's the one who is there to comfort us in this life. He is the one who, the Bible says, will be there to teach us in this life. He is the one that will show us many things and guide us In direction, when we pray, the Bible says that that God reveals Himself through His Holy Spirit that will guide our steps, that will guide the very decisions that we have to make. Those times we say, well, Lord, what do I do here? Do I go forward? Do I stay here? Do I turn to the right or the left? And Christ sends His Holy Spirit to guide us in the right ways, and to prevent some things in our lives, to close some doors that have been left open, doors of temptation, doors of doubt, doors of evil that you and I must avoid because we're weak and we're unable to face so many things in this life. Jesus said, as I go away, there will be a comforter that is sent to you. The Holy Spirit will be sent. If Jesus never rose from that grave, that means that His sacrifice was not acceptable to Christ or to God the Father. And so Christ did not resurrect. And if He didn't resurrect, He didn't send the Holy Spirit. You see, everything that you and I believe and stand upon as Christians and as a Christian society is based on the resurrection of Christ. 
So he sends his Holy Spirit to us. Thirdly, the Bible says this, because of the resurrection of Christ, we understand that Jesus is interceding for us. As Jesus went away to be with the Father, the Bible tells us that he is seated on the right hand of God, and there the Bible says that he ever makes intercession for us. Why do we need intercession? What's he doing up there that he is interceding for us? I mean, it seems like we've got a lot of stuff going on in this life. We face a lot of problems. If, if Christ is interceding, then why is that way so hard for us at times? Well, you see, what we don't see so many times is, is how impossible our lives would be without Christ there to intercede for us. Without Him pleading before the throne of the Father. Because we face an enemy in this life. And at times it feels like a cat and mouse game. And a lot of times it feels like we're the mouse. And the devil's the cat. And he's toying with us. And we say, Lord, where are you? If I'm facing these problems, if these things are happening, if these terrible events are taking place, where are you in the midst of this? We live in a fallen world and we understand that there is sin and there is temptation. And these things are all around us and we need Christ interceding for us. The Bible says He does that though. Well, if we, if we continue the analogy, if we really are the mouse, if devil's the cat, then Jesus is the Rottweiler that's after the cat, okay? He's bigger than the cat. He can take care of the cat. And He does. He intercedes for us. He brings help our way. We're still burdened at times with temptations, but the Bible says this, there will be no temptation that can overtake us. Because Jesus is there, because of His intercession. Listen, if He wasn't interceding for us, if the Holy Spirit wasn't bringing comfort to us, we couldn't live a single day. We would be absolutely nothing. We would be crushed flat. But He's there and He helps us. And I know at times it feels like we limp through this world, through this life. But we are promised victory in that we are keeping our eyes upon the Lord. And I can personally tell you, if there hadn't been the trials and, and the tests of my life, there would have been a lot less prayer. There would have been a lot less communication with God. If everything was great and fine, I really wouldn't need Him. Well, why does God need to be needed? I guess we could ask that question. Now, who is this God that He needs to be needed? Well, first off, He created us. He formed us. The Bible says He created us in His likeness, in His image. And therefore, it is the very least that we can do to honor Him, to acknowledge Him, to love Him, and to live our lives the very best that we can for Him, understanding and Him understanding that we're going to fail and we're going to fall short. But He picks us up and He lovingly sets us on our feet again. But if there wasn't the trials and the problems, there wouldn't be the prayers. There wouldn't be the communication. There wouldn't be the understanding that God is there for us. But we've got to ask, you see. We've got to ask Him of these things. And as we ask of Him, the Bible says He is interceding for us. Well, fourthly, if there was no resurrection there would be no spiritual power. 
Because the Bible tells us this, that Jesus promised that you and I will do great things in His name. And He also said this, He says, greater things will you do. Well, how in the world can we do greater things than what Christ did? I mean, look at the things that He did, that, that Jesus did. The miracles, the healings, walking upon the water. And yet Jesus points out John the Baptist. He says, John the Baptist, he didn't do any miracles. He didn't perform any healings. He didn't do anything that was really notable in his world. But yet, there was not another prophet like him. He was the one of honor of all of the prophets. Great things to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are promised for you and I. As we lift up the name of Christ, as we live our lives for Him, as we seek others. Because Jesus says this, He says, I will give to you exceedingly abundantly beyond what you are able to ask or even think. The problem is we don't ask so much of the time. We don't think, we don't dare to dream what the Lord may have for us. What He may be able to do in our lives or through our lives for those that are around us. Far beyond anything material, far beyond the physical, uh, material things of this life. What you and I need is, we need an assurance, we need a hope, we need an assurity of the things that are beyond this life. That the words of Christ are real and are true. And we miss that so much of the time. We miss it, we don't see it. The disciples missed it too. They didn't see it. They didn't believe that Jesus rose from the grave. Belinda sang about how, how that Jesus walked along on the road of Emmaus with these men and he, and he began to expound to them all of the Scriptures concerning Christ. And they just didn't get it. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it. So much of the world doesn't understand it today. But this is what happened. Jesus went in with them and it says that He sat down with them and He began to break bread with them. And as soon as He broke the bread in their presence, their eyes were opened. And they understood who it was. Well, you see, my friends, we have the bread of life before us. We have the Word of God before us. And for the the questions of our life that we don't see, we don't understand, that we can't comprehend, we open up His Word and we read it. And our eyes are made to see and we too can see these things. We too can understand some of these mysteries that are hidden to us in so many ways. Jesus interceding for us and how He does that. Lastly, the Bible says this, because of Christ's resurrection... You and I have the forgiveness of sin. That our sins can be forgiven. Everything that we've ever done wrong, every every trespass that we've ever committed, every sin that we have committed, every lie that we have ever told, everything that we have ever done in our lives can be forgiven, can be erased, can be set aside because of the resurrection of Christ. Because that's what Jesus promised. That His blood would atone for our sins. I don't understand how that works. I can't begin to understand how that works. But I accept that. And I believe that. 
And I'm committed to that. So much so that I'll stand up here before you and proclaim that. And continue to proclaim that. That he paid my debt in some way that I don't understand. He didn't owe it in any way. It wasn't his debt. It was my debt. It was my sin debt. And yet he paid that somehow upon the cross. He did the atoning work so that by grace, through faith, I can go and be with him in his presence. You see, that's what it really comes down to. It comes down to the issue of faith. Do we truly believe who Jesus said that he was? Do we believe who Jesus is? Do we believe that he is the Son of God? Do we believe that he is the Messiah, the Savior? Do we believe that he is able to take away our sin? Do we truly believe that he can forgive every sin that we have ever committed? That's what the Bible says. And by faith, I believe that. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And as we walk in that faith, it becomes precious to us. It's not about some strange belief system somewhere. It's not about a theology. It's not about a denomination. It's not about a religion. It's not about a world philosophy. It's about a man named Jesus Christ. You see, it's all about Jesus. It's about this one who took the weight of the sin of the world upon his shoulders and paid the price for your sins and for my sins so that we too could cheat death someday. Not in the physical sense but in the eternal sense, we too can have a home in heaven and experience the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, my friends, that's where our hope is today. Again, that's where our hope is. It's on nothing less than Jesus. And His righteousness, His righteous sacrifice His atoning work that was acceptable to the Father and was proven on the third day when He rose from the grave. And now we have victory in Jesus because of that. We too can be resurrected. We too can experience that. You know, there was a tragic event that took place a few years ago. It was off of... uh, the coast of the United States in, in, uh, in waters that were sovereign to our nation. There was a submarine that sank. You may have remembered the event. There were men trapped in that sub, and they tried desperately for days without any avail to get those men out of that submarine. They sent divers down around that sub, scoping out what they could do and how they could help in some way. And one of the the Navy divers that was down there heard tapping on the side of the sub. He kept hearing tapping, and he, he drew near to the side of the sub. And he began to understand as he listened, he was deciphering Morse code. 
Now, you remember what Morse code is, some of you. It's a series of taps that represents letters to where you can spell something out. By tapping dashes and dots, it creates a language, the very first language that was used on the telegraph. But here was this Morse code being tapped out from the side of the sub, and, and certainly Morse code is something that's not used a lot, but as he listened and began to decipher in his mind what was being tapped out, it was the same message again and again and again. And the person on the inside was tapping out, is there any hope? Is there any hope? You see, friends, we can live for a month or so without food. We can make it for four or five days without water. We can make it for four or five minutes, perhaps, without air. But we can't live a second without hope in our lives. Is there any hope? What about you? What about your life? Is there hope in your life? Do you know Christ? Have you committed your life to Him? Are you trusting in Him? Stand with me as we close our service this morning. Thank you for joining us at New Mansion Church Online. We would love to connect with you at newmansion.org. You can connect with our pastor, Dr. Jeff Marsh Sr. at pastorjeffmarsh.com. God bless, and we hope to see you again soon.